Hello, everybody. I'm Jeff Edelman. I'm the host of Questions for Lawyers. The reason why I started this show was I get a lot of questions as a personal injury lawyer about law in different fields. And what do I do? I pick up the phone and I call my friends and I ask them these questions. Because while all of us who are lawyers pass the same bar, we know different areas of the law. And while we may be competent to practice by bar standards to uh, do different areas, really it's, you know, if jack of all trades, master of none, most attorneys will focus on one area of the law and go with that. And I thought, why not bring these questions on the air and get rid of some of the fear that some people have of even speaking to a lawyer for the first time so they can see uh, how we really are. We're doing this live. So you get to see us with all our mistakes and everything else <laughs> and uh, just have a good conversation. And this week, I'm really pleased to have with me my friend, Ron Renzi, who's going to be talking to us about appellate law, which is something that most people know nothing about. Good to have you with us. Thank you, Ron. Jeff. It's been a pl it's pleasure. I'm not only a fan of the show, so to be on, it's it's a it's a pleasure. Thank well, you for inviting and, me. And we have a studio audience today as we have well. A studio so today. I mean, <laughs> this is like new. This is big time right here. That's right. We're going to um, take questions from the audience. Yes, at some point. And we all. And I, actually, if you have questions on Facebook, type them in the comments, and we will be able to answer those on the air. But Ron. Appellate law is something that all lawyers have to be somewhat familiar with, but I've heard from many a person, you don't want to do your own appeal. No, you definitely don't want to do your own appeal because the appeal, the appellate lawyer should be in the background. The appellate lawyer is there if things don't go well at trial, the case is dismissed. Um, you know, it, it's kind of, it's hard to review yourself. You want an independent person to come in there, review the record, mm -hmm. which is basically reading paper reviewing the record, the cold hard facts, and helping the trial lawyer make a determination of, of if you'll be successful on appeal or not. It's a much different area because when you are at a trial, you're dealing with, with witnesses, you're dealing with experts, you're dealing with all sorts of emotions, you're picking a jury. The appellate practitioner deals with, with the record. And, and a lot of people have the misconception that an appeal is, is a second trial. It's nothing like that. It's basically, to put it simply, it's to see if the trial judge, the judge in your your case, made a mistake. Uh, was evidence was evidence admitted that shouldn't have been? Uh, was uh, an expert um, allowed to testify in a certain way that she shouldn't have been? Um, was it evidence? You know, there's all kinds of rulings that could have been incorrect, um, and that's what the appellate court reviews. Well, Ron, this is an area that. I have a very close friend of mine that's done some appellate work, and I consider appellate lawyers to be among the brainiest of <laughs> attorneys. Attorneys, How did you get involved in this area of the law? I've always enjoyed appeals. I mean, even back in law school, I, I mean, as you well know, it's reading cases. Mm -hmm. That's the uh, Socratic method that we all know and love. And then I, I got out practicing for a while, and I was lucky enough to do an appeal. And it's like you said, it's a lot of research and writing. It's reviewing cases, analyzing cases, and writing. And I've always enjoyed the research and writing aspect of it. And it's also an opportunity to clarify the law and in some cases even change the law because laws change on appeal. Um, whether, you know, if, the, if a mistake was made, that's how it's remedied. So if you like research and writing, 
and don't mind uh, sitting in a quiet room for hours at a time. That's how it was for you. Yeah, I guess that's why I didn't get into it because <laughs> I'm loud and I talk and, you know, I'm kind of can't sit still. So that's probably not the right. I think I chose wisely not, oh, not to go did. into that. Um, <clears throat> but, but you're very good in front of a jury. Well, well lawyers well, don't don't get in front of juries. So. Yeah, but you, again, you, it's a uh, last line of defense. Indeed. So, you know, you got to make sure that your appellate lawyer mm -hmm. is up to speed. And, you know, when you're working on an appeal, I mean, I mean we see a transcript or two or three or four during a course of a litigation if it doesn't go to trial. But if it goes to trial, I mean, we're talking about yeah. a stack of papers this high all or maybe more boxes and boxes of transcripts mm -hmm. uh, that people are reading. Oh, uh, Mr. Renzi, she brought you oh. uh, some water because uh, we've been talking a lot. <laughs> I like the mug. Yes. If you want to show the audience <laughs> real quick. I'll show you right here. <laughs> With great beard comes great responsibility. I, I didn't know you had a mug just for me. No, Thank I, you only so much. for you I because I, I have to say, I mean, while we are talking about appeals, you have the greatest beard we've had on this show, and oh, well, thank you. and I can't grow a beard, so I, I have I'm very envious, and we've talked about this before. Yeah, we have, Mr. So well, thank I you. I thought you would enjoy that. I've had that. a beard for a long time, and it's, <laughs> it's actually kind of looks like me. So it, it does. I try. I try. I try <laughs> very you. much. So in any event, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. Thank you. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, in, in any event, uh, there's a lot of reading involved when you're doing an appeal. Yes, there's a ton of reading. I mean, that's called, we, we call it the, the record in appellate law, which is basically everything that you trial attorneys have done. Every deposition, um, every transcribed hearing, every piece of paper that you file. So most of our job, the unexciting job, is, is reading all the paper. And it's a very different experience because when you're in court, you, you, you feel the emotion. You feel what's going on. You have the dynamic with the witness. You see the jury, especially in a, in a, in a PI case where the, the facts can be horrific. You know, it could be a really bad situation. But when you're reading it on paper, it, it comes across totally different. Um, so we're looking for issues that came up um, during the course of a, of a case. From the start, it's not only the trial. From the start of the case to the finish of the case and seeing what problems there were and how we can correct it on appeal. And when you always, if you watch TV and the movies, people say, for the record, that's what they're talking about. <laughs> it's that the is exactly record. what they're talking about, for yeah. the record. If things go south, we're making a record of right. it. That's exactly what they're saying. That's exactly what it is. And everything has, if it's if it's not on a piece of paper that I get, it didn't happen as far as the appellate court's concerned. And that could be a problem. Well, let me ask you this, Ron, because let's say you have a trial you're vacillating about it. You're upset. And uh, two months later, you go, you know what? I want to appeal that. You can't do that, can you? No, you, you can't do that. There's a specific protocol that you have to follow, isn't there? Yes, there is. There's Can a you strict, tell us a little about strict that? timeline, both in uh, uh, the rules in Florida and the federal rules are a little bit different. But suffice it to say, you if you don't file your notice of appeal within 30 days, you're out of luck. That recently changed, didn't it? Yes. Oh, yeah, it used yeah. to be 15, right? Correct. And there's still certain, and not getting into details, there are final orders and non-final orders, but we're basically talking at the end of a trial. And then you can say, what do I do? What do I do? But you got to act pretty fast because you got to know within, you think 30 days is a long time. It's really not because you could have um, four, five plus day trial and you got to determine basically within four weeks 
am I going to appeal this? Is there a reason to appeal this? So that's why it's good to get the appellate lawyer involved right away on some of the larger um, situations. You might have an appellate lawyer um, just sitting in the trial, you know, sitting in the courtroom, just kind of taking notes and kind of helping you out. Because uh, you got to make a determination very quickly because it's strict. If you're, there's no way around it. If you don't file what's called a notice of appeal, which basically says I'm going to appeal, you're out. And it's not as simple as I'm not happy with the result. What are the reasons that somebody could actually file an appeal? Right. Uh, there, there are, are, are various reasons, but basically there has to be a legal error. Um, meaning was something done during the trial or something done pre-trial that, that the judge, for lack of a better way, the, a mistake was made. A piece of evidence was pro improperly admitted or wasn't admitted where it should have been. Um, if there was a problem with a witness, if there is an argument that was made by one of the attorneys, a legal argument that the judge accepted that was legally not correct. Um, uh, there's a myriad of things. It, it could be anywhere from a witness issue if to a jury issue to just a pure legal issues. And then you go to what we call standards of review, mm -hmm. which basically means the kind of error and what kind of deference you give to the trial court, which is a whole nother analysis because your success um, could be hinged upon what kind of error. Let's say it's a pure legal error. A pure legal error is what we call, um, it's, the appellate court gets to basically look at everything from scratch. It's called, it, it, it's without the standard, there's different standards of view, but they can review it from scratch. It's called de novo review, right. meaning we could do the appellate court looks in. There's, there's an abuse of discretion, which is the opposite end, which is like say evidentiary issues. Basically, if it was reasonable that any person ruled this way, the appellate court's not gonna overturn it. They're not gonna substitute it through judgment. And that's where you don't get a second trial. The appellate court's not holding a trial. They will not hold the trial. No matter how many people want them to hold the trial, they will not hold the trial. Well, and that brings up another point. Um, how difficult is it to overturn a jury verdict, percentage-wise? It, it, it's extremely low. I, I've looked, um, and it's varied, varied from year to year, but you're looking at 5%. 5%. You know, on the upper end, you might get to 10%. But if you think about it, you're still between 90 and 95% that you're not going to get overturned. So that is your trial. You're not getting the proverbial, which I'm sure you heard in law school, the second bite at the apple. Mm -hmm. You're not getting that. I mean, your, your trial is your trial. Um, and even if you get a reversal, a lot of times you're getting a new trial. You're not saying you win. You're getting a new trial. So then it goes back to you to do this all over again with a different jury and will you get the same result? Just don't know. And then there could be an appeal again. And there could be an appeal again. So this is and why I think what you're seeing here is why most cases do settle without having a trial. Because even if you go to jury trial and you get a result, you could not see the the uh, money or whatever it is you're seeking for years, years upon years, years upon years. Yes. And I, I, I mean, and I think, you know, as a trial lawyer, you know, that settlement, what, what's the old saying? It doesn't make everybody happy, but if you can walk away satisfied, it's a good settlement because yeah, you don't know. It could take years and you don't know what the appellate court's going to do. You just don't know. And I am, we were talking before air. There are some cases 
that you think it's a fantastic appeal and you get all the indications you're going to get a reversal and you don't you get an affirmed affirmed this means the lower court judgment state and sometimes you think this is a tough one but let me do my best and then you get a reversal so it, it's a gamble like anything else i have a question for you usually i don't know if it's usually but sometimes when there's an appeal uh the the court will write an opinion and other times they'll just say affirmed yes how do they determine whether or not they're actually going to write an opinion well the court will determine whether an opinion is warranted if they if the appellate panel usually it's a three-judge panel after they read all the briefs and hear argument if they hear argument if they determine this was a case that was um, easily resolved because it's happened many times before this happened you know this has happened over and over again we're just going to do what's called a procuring affirm which means we're just affirming without opinion if the court feels that either one it needs to be reversed because there needs to be a clarification. Or if it's an issue that there's a little bit of confusion on, that even though the case um, will not be overturned, the appellate court says, we need to clarify this for everybody else, uh, for all the other lawyers in the state, we're gonna write an opinion. And that's an internal thing that, 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 that they decide. I mean, the courts, just like the trial courts, the appellate courts are overburdened. There's, there's a lot, a lot of cases out there. So they have to evaluate on a case-by-case -case basis whether an opinion is warranted. Um, if, if it's a standard issue that the court believes, you really don't need explaining. It's been done many, many times. They'll just uh, they'll just issue the old dreaded PCA, the procuring firm. And as a lawyer, you really don't know what the reasoning was. Um, which, which is, is frustrating. Which is extremely, it's extremely frustrating. And, and and if, I would assume most every lawyer has gotten them before. And it's the most frustrating thing because you read like, why? Why did we not prevail? Is it because we missed something? You know, was the issue confusing to them? Or was it just so standard that they didn't think it was warranted? To write and you opinion? never know. You just never know. You just never know. And you, I guess you have to understand your first appeal. And we're going to use Florida as an example. You have a trial um, and you appeal, it goes to the District Court of Appeal. That's an appeal as, as of right. So basically anyone could appeal at any time. So even if if it's a very standard issue and the court sees this has been done many, many times, you still have a right to appeal. You have a right to your your first level of appeal. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, I believe that's why you you get the procuriums, you get the, the affirms without opinion just to, to move things along. But as an attorney, it's, it's tough because you just don't know how much does it cost to appeal a circuit court jury verdict uh, on average i mean if you could kind of give us an idea of what type of costs are involved in appeal how do you get paid okay appeal? uh generally um well the the costs of appeal are are, are uh it's around four hundred dollars three hundred dollars to the appellate court we're talking florida now so sure. that's a little bit different we'll about, we've yeah. been talking about florida the whole time because right. we we do both and but um uh, it's it's about four hundred dollars, three hundred dollars to the to the uh, to the appellate court, a hundred dollars to the trial court. Um, the fees um, attorneys do it different ways. You do an hourly or a flat fee. I usually I do a flat fee. Um, I find it more fair to the client and to the trial attorney, so they know what they're getting into. Right. Um, and that um, we basically assess the assess the appeal and determine what it's going to be. I can kind of give you a rough range, but each case is a little bit different. I mean, it right. can be. You know, five to thousand to seventy five hundred dollars. But that's what know? that's what somebody would expect 
if they're trying to do an appeal that they'd have to shell out that kind of money to determine if it's worth it to try to overturn that jury verdict. Generally, yeah, that's them. And there are attorneys, and we have done it too, that will do a contingency, but that's a whole another issue that right. you have to, you know, when you deal with your with your trial counsel. But mostly you have to shell out the money. And, and then it's determined, is it, it's like anything else, it's a cost-benefit analysis. You have to do your best to determine what your chances of success are and, and, and go forward from there. Can you talk a little bit about what editor is? Because I'm sure that, Anybody who's not an attorney who has probably never heard that term, are you f familiar with those type of matters? And I, have, I, you have you pursued those type of matters? I have. I have. Uh, Tell a us a little bit about, about that. Yeah, I've, I've just maybe by way of example, I had a, a case where it was a, a personal injury case that went to trial, uh, four day trial, something like that. And the jury um, found for the injured party, they found for past. Um, damages, medical bills and pain and suffering, but the jury didn't find anything for future damages. Okay. And as a trial attorney, you know, something's a little amiss there. Right. So the, the attorney not asked, consistent. Yeah, it's not consistent in, right. in what we call an inconsistent verdict. So right. the attorney requested the judge uh, regarding editor, which basically the, the judge has a, the ability to correct the inconsistent verdict um, to add, I guess for better word, add. Um, and in this case, the judge didn't, didn't. The judge just said, it's fine. And then the attorney also says, well, can we at least get a new trial? And the judge, uh, for whatever reason, refused. So then that's when the appeal comes in. And then you argue to the appellate court, um, the law of editor, that the trial court um, basically had the duty to make the verdict consistent uh, and, and uh, went through the whole appellate process, um, got a reversal, but then you had another trial. <laughs> Then you had to go through the whole step again. And fortunately, that particular trial turned out uh, turned out successfully. But if you think from the time that the original case was filed to the time that the second jury entered a, a reasonable verdict, you're talking years, years, I mean, uh, almost a decade. And it's important to note that the in the trial court, the attorney ask the judge to reconsider. Correct. Because you have to do that. You right? have to do that. Okay. So the judge did not reconsider. Right. And then it had to go to another level. And then you got involved. The editor was uh, determined. It was determined it was improper not to. Okay. Not, not to do it. But the, the appellate court wouldn't step in the place of the trial court and actually run. They don't run numbers. So they had to do the whole trial all over again. Correct. And Correct. thankfully, in that case, it worked out. In that case, it worked out years later, uh, delayed justice, but justice eventually. And you brought up a key point about um, the, that the attorney has to uh, ask the judge. They they have to what we call they, they they have to preserve the issues. And then if you're if you see a trial, let's say you know you you see a personal injury trial and you see all these kinds of objections and things being said, and then the, the attorney says, I want to proffer evidence. Like, why are you talking to the judge? He already doesn't want to hear what you're going to say. Mm -hmm. It's all to preserve the, the evidence, or I'm sorry, to preserve the objection for the appeal. And it goes back to making the record. So if, if you watch your attorney, um, they're doing a lot of things that may not make sense while they're doing it, but it will definitely make sense down the road. What kind of advice can you give Ron to a client who is in trial and their attorney is 
telling them don't say certain things, follow these instructions. What advice would you give to somebody who is not a lawyer, but doesn't understand why they can't say those things? I would say without a doubt, listen to your, listen to your lawyer, that lawyer, she or he is trained, went to law school, has a lot of experience in doing these. And there's a reason for it. It may not seem apparent at the time, but there's a real reason for it. And a lot of it has to do with people like me that are going to have to read the transcript later, read the record and, and things that were done that shouldn't have been done hurts the case because you can't undo it. You don't unring the bell. No. What's on the papers on the paper. So listen to your trial lawyer. They, they've been working with you a long time. You brought up ring the bell. You know, we watch TV on the news. Politicians are notorious for ringing the bell over and over and over and over. <laughs> you can't talk like that in front of a jury though, right? You cannot talk like that in front of a jury. No. Okay. And I'm not no. going to single anybody out, but I'm just saying you have to actually say things that are backed up by evidence. And if you don't, all your hard work can be thrown in the trash and you have to do it again. 100%. Then you have to do it all. If you're lucky, you get to if do you're it lucky. again. You know, we, mm -hmm. If you're one of the uh, uh, 5 to 10% of people, you're lucky you do it again. You may never get a chance again. And people, um, I don't think people understand that they're in a process and there is a process. And you're injury, like your trial or your personal injury lawyer knows what they're doing. Um, you know, it, it's not the time to be coy or slick. It's not the time to show everybody how smart you may be. Um, it's time to, to win your case and your trial lawyer knows the best way to win your case. And, and my advice is always just, just, just listen to your lawyer because I've seen too many times where somebody hasn't listened to his lawyer and there's, there's really not much we can do on the appellate end. And then you open page, you know, 35 of the transcript and say, question and answer. And this is what you said. Well, that's not really, you know, well, it is what you said. It might not be what you meant, but it's what you said. And you're happy with that verdict that you have? Well, that's nice because it's a worthless piece of paper. It's a worthless piece of paper. Mm -hmm. hey, you know, good luck to you in the future, but yeah, we, we can't we can't change things. And and that's why I, I always tell clients that this an appeal is not you're not getting this is not a second trial. You know, I would get clients who would say, well, just go and tell the judges, you know, just tell them this is really what happens. It, it doesn't work that way. They are it's it, appellate court is a court of review. They can only look at what happened. They call below. They can only look at what happened at the trial trial judges have the hardest job trial attorneys have the hardest job and that that's the uh, that's the front lines of law and um, the, the appeals are are, are are there for genuine mistakes or there are areas of the law that are not clear believe it or not after the common law of centuries there are still areas that are not clear and that's what appellate courts are for what um, what bars are you licensed uh, for Ron um, I'm a member of the, the Florida bar obviously and uh, also federal on the Southern District of Florida, uh, the, uh, let's see, the Third Circuit Court of Appeal, the Federal Circuit Court of Appeal, the Eleventh Circuit Court of Appeal, uh, and the U.S. Supreme Court. So basically, if anybody has any appeals that they need to review by an appellate lawyer, you're capable of handling anything in the state of Florida. I'm capable of handling anything in the state of Florida, anything that arises within the state, either state or federal, I can definitely help you out. If anybody has any questions or wants to run something by you in the future, can you tell them how they can reach you? Absolutely. You could give me a call 
at 954-757-1212. I, I provide a free consultation, so there's no charge to, uh, so we can have a chat, 954-757-1212, um, or uh, check out our website, www.wallberg-renzy.com. And I'm always happy to answer a question because sometimes you can you could solve the issue just just with a small chat. And I'm more than happy to do that. Well, this has been very enlightening, Ron. I mean, when you talk about a pellet a pellet work again, I learned some things today. Maybe I won't make some mistakes in the future, <laughs> but uh, it's really great having you on. And you know, I always enjoy talking with you anyway, even if we're not on the air. It's so, been a pleasure, and, and, and I hope you enjoy your mug. By the way, I will. I, I you know, I'll get to keep the mug. It's for you. Oh wow! I get a gift. Thank you very much. We Thank give you very much. Questions for yeah. lawyers for appropriate people. <laughs> so you deserve. One I, 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 I really appreciate you having me on the show today, and and I commend what you do every day in the in the trenches, as we call. And uh, just to say, uh, Jeff knows what he's doing. If you have, it's not. I know Jeff is not going to town himself. But if you have a personal injury question, please call Jeff. Well, thank thank you, Ron. He is the guy. Well, I, I appreciate that. Uh, Next week, we will be having another Questions for Lawyers. It'll be on May the 21st. Brian Cohen, a partner with DLA Piper in Chicago, Illinois. He works on commercial real estate transactions. Also happens to be my cousin. So okay. I'm going to just throw that in there. Hey, he's going so, national. But uh, Brian is one heck of a commercial transaction attorney, and uh, I'm looking forward to actually talking about some law in there because he's somebody that – I've run questions by mm -hmm. just a brilliant guy happens to be my cousin. So awesome. I'm going to so, tune in. So yeah, should you. should be great. And we'll be doing that remotely, which we can do that with uh, the software. We have the technology that we have. It's pretty incredible. Also, uh, you can watch this on replay and we will be putting it right away on Apple and Google podcasts, as well as Spotify. If you have any questions, Feel free to call me. My name is Jeff Edelman, 954-341-2777. Happy to have Ron Renzi with us on the air and looking forward to seeing you again next week. Thank you.